0: Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittsrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka You wanted to come with it, then We got it with punishment. Nuggets
1: is clopper, with a fucking into what we come with. Others in love with the front, and this family just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them coming in.
2: going on everybody happy sunday night going into monday our last show before the christmas holiday so we're excited for this week's edition of the The yes indeed the bench mob so welcome everyone whether you're watching on facebook twitter or youtube we're excited to have you here I am Tim Daniel. Excited for this week's show. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's go ahead and get into our panel, of course. My man, 100 Grand himself, Mr. Ben Brown.
1: What's going on, gentlemen? Uh, We've got a lot to cover. Uh, The NBA has been crazy. Uh, The little C word has started to pop back into our, uh, our vernacular as far as disrupting teams and disrupting games uh we've got big injuries and big things to talk about as far as some team surgeons some teams falling so uh let's get into it
2: yes indeed and ben please go ahead and do what we need to do before we started
1: my man my brother my ace buku my number one joshua odellus forellis montellus overzealous
0: hayes what's good my brother Hey man, I'm I'm here excited like you guys are. Um, You know, fitting Tim that you said it's the end of the year, and uh, you know, and you said the the C word is coming back around. Nothing fitting to to end the in the year with this pod. And one of the conversation topics that we're gonna have is talking about some uh, conspiracy theories. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's get it. Indeed,
2: yes. If you are tuning in today's show, we're gonna talk about obviously the covids. We're gonna talk about the Cavaliers. And we got some tinfoil hats. We're breaking out for you, so you can check out our NBA conspiracy theories. Bam, bam, bam.
0: Man, too bad we couldn't play that. Uh, the music from the
2: the X Files. Yeah. All right. Well. If you follow Shams and Woes, you obviously know what's going on. NBA teams and their COVID issues are striking strong. Um, Kyrie Irving decides he's going to come back to basketball and then has to go into the COVID protocols.
1: (laughs) Yes, he does. (laughs) Grand grand closing.
2: (laughs) Which means in the span of 17 games that Kyrie Irving could be and he can play in, two of them.
1: That's crazy.
2: So obviously today the NBA postponed the Nuggets, the Cavs, the Hawks, the Pelicans, and 76ers. Uh, we've obviously seen this going around in the NFL. College basketball's been big. Memphis versus Tennessee was literally canceled 40 minutes before scheduled tip-off yesterday. Um yeah. and Tennessee then, had to
1: do an inner squad. Like it was it was that quick. Like they had to throw some throw an inner squad together.
2: Yeah, they did. So the conversation I want to have here isn't necessarily like about the news because it's, you know, if you've, like I said, WANT, wo- wo- and shams, if you have them on push notifications, that's all you're getting at this point. Mm-hmm. No trades, no releases, no signings, no, well, I guess hardship signings, but it is all like this person's in protocol, this person's in protocol, this person's in protocol. So, what I'm about to say, I don't intend to be insensitive because I do respect and understand that this is obviously very serious. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure we're protecting everybody and I'm all for safety. I'm all for vaccine, the vaccine. I'm all for the booster. I'm all, f- I'm for all that, but whatever these protocols are, we're going to have to lessen them at some point. Like, yeah. and my point isn't necessarily like, let's not be protective of COVID by any means, because obviously yes, like so many people have died. You don't want anything bad to happen. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a aware of all this, mm-hmm. But if the league is going to play, if we're going to go through this on like a consistent basis, like, you know, it might have to be something like, like the way, like some of the colleges are doing now, they only test people if they show symptoms Mm -hmm. and, you know, there might be guys out there who are asymptomatic, but like, you know, at this point, it's like, I don't know what we can necessarily do. And I'm not trying to be like, not, let's not be safe or anything like that, but you have to think the NBA is looking at this like this is regard star and ridiculous right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, I, I think that that um, the the biggest thing is just um, the understanding of what's going on. Uh, you know, when you listen to, I thought, I thought, I think it was Draymond Green. They were interviewing about, you know, what are the protocols? Why are the protocol like? like what are the protocols and, and and like if people are vaccinated or they've gotten the booster or they they've you know every ball these people are supposed to be vaccinated against the the uh, against covid why are we having so many relapses of cases where people are falling into the protocol if a person is vaccinated and they've gotten a booster and they don't show any sign, like what makes you go into the protocol? Is it because right. you have, I mean, do you have symptoms? Do you not have symptoms? Were you around somebody that had symptoms? Because if that's the case, like a whole team should go into protocol because there's not one practice where, you know, say LeBron James went into protocol. Like everybody in that practice was around LeBron James. So why isn't the whole team in protocol? So how do you Because just...
2: Because he tweeted it's something fishy with a bunch right. of fish emojis.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly, <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Like like if if Russell Westbrook's in protocol, and then a day later he's out of protocol. Why was he in protocol? What made him go into the protocol? Kyrie Irving is is unvaccinated, and, and has not. I'm assuming what? hasn't been around. <laughs> hasn't been around anybody that's, you know, ha- like what made him go into the protocol? Kevin Durant, was he around somebody that that James had Harden? It? James Harden. I mean. Do, are they showing symptoms? That's kind of what I like. I want to know. Like, is it is it for people that show symptoms? Because that that can't be the case. Because there's no way that you could show symptoms and then and then test negative like LeBron and like Westbrook did two days later and then be fine. Now you're out of the protocol. So it, it's not it's not symptoms. Um, it's not um, you know it's not a positive test because. You know, I, I would assume that I, I don't know if it's just because somebody's around somebody or say LeBron went to a birthday party or, you know, Russell Westbrook went out to dinner. or I don't I don't know. So, like, it, I don't know if they've got to do some kind of test to stay like like they do in schools. Um, you know, if they're asymptomatic, you know, maybe there's a protocol for that. But at some point they've got to make a decision like, OK, are we trying to play games and I know it's about safety, and I, I get it. I, I understand it completely. It is Same. 100% safety. I get it. However, are, are what are we trying to get accomplished? We've got – I, I want to say, it's uh, dude, it's got to be like 98% of the league is vaccinated maybe. I want to say around there said, somewhere yeah. in there. Like the league is doing their job with vaccinations and boosters and all that stuff. Let's kind of – let's look at the protocol and see – why we're doing what we're doing and see if we can make some changes see if we can do some adjustments because if a guy can test can be in protocol protocol on Wednesday and be able to play on Friday and then some guys have to take full 10-day protocols what's what's the difference why is there such a difference and why is there different you know different
0: strokes for different folks i i don't get it well first for me you know, Kevin Durant's been in in protocol like nine times. Yeah, grade. right. Uh, <laughs> and you know, I think in the beginning, like one was close contact, one was he actually contracted COVID, um, and this last one, I don't know what what he went into protocol for. To be honest with you, um, and they don't say why some of these players are going into protocol. Um, you know. A couple of weeks ago, we were we were sitting here talking about how LeBron went into protocol and, you know, he was pretty pissed about it. And then next thing you know, you know, two days later, like he's cleared and, you know, he's back to playing again after he tested negative, you know, twice. So um, I don't know if this is a, a and, you know, the NBA is not going to do this because they would lose a, a, an insane amount of money. But it's almost like you need to go to the point where, like, if it's getting this crazy, like, I'm not even going to say the word shutdown, but I mean, a, a two week, like, either a get to the All Star break and be like, hey, we need to shut down for two weeks and like let everything clear. Everybody's got to go quarantine. I, I don't know. I don't know what the what the um, approach is to take to try to fix what's going on because I didn't think we would get to this point where they were canceling games because I thought they'd be able to pull players up from the G league to be able to, you know, fill roster spots. But now you're well, not the like,
2: whole G league, Josh. Well, I
0: know That's what I'm saying. Like you got, you got teams now that are like eight, nine guys in protocol. And I think the nets are up to 10, you know, that's a, that's a whole roster. Like your whole roster is in protocol right now. Mm-hmm. And I think the NBA needs to maybe either lighten up on the protocol or they need to at least explain what the protocol is so that people have an understanding of what's going on. Because maybe maybe some of these players are breaking protocol and they don't know that they're breaking protocol. You know, like, oh, I stepped outside the training facility. Oh, you're in protocol now. Um, yeah, I went through the drive through at Wendy's, you know, on my day off and got a, got a four for four. And you're like, oh, you came in contact with the person in the window. Like, you're in protocol now. Like, I don't know what the protocol is. I, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand. I mean, I've actually tried to look up and try to find out, like, when, when they say a player is in protocol, like, what's the reasoning behind it? And like, you're not getting the, the distinct reasoning for each player as they go into the protocol. Yeah. Right.
2: Because if this is like, everyone has COVID, then we got bigger problems. We for right. sure got bigger problems than like, you know, like.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, and, and, Here's another thing too about all that is that, like, I I don't see a whole lot of guys anymore wearing masks. I don't see a whole lot of guys stopping their pregame handshakes, their postgame handshakes, all the other things that were being done pre like pre or during COVID and in the bubble. Like, you know, it, what <laughs> if your protocols are supposed to keep them safe? Why would
0: you not enforce the simplest? Of protocols, you know what I mean? Wasn't that, wasn't that one thing they did? They said they did. They upped the mask usage for yeah. The they next did
2: up the mask usage.
0: Uh, the testing got upped a little bit, um, but other than that, I mean, like I said, like if we don't know what causes us to be put placed in protocol, because I'm sure some of these players are probably pissed off that they're like, man, I'm in protocol right now, and I I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why. I have- I haven't turned up a positive test. Um, I ain't showing any symptoms. Like, why am I in protocol? I mean, and and I don't know if, is it maybe, is it maybe something as simple as like, this player's got protocol and I was guarding that guy in practice. So now I'm in protocol. Is is it something that simple or is it just like, I don't know, but I, cause I, I couldn't see the NBA just wanting to put guys in protocol to risk. Viewer viewership of game, canceling games mm-hmm. and, and moving stuff around for people not to want to watch. So imagine, imagine Christmas Day was, it's probably one of their most viewed days in all of the NBA, right? You know, we're all sitting around the TV, you know, open presents, you go take a nap, you wake up to watch NBA basketball. And now you have games that are postponed because guys are in protocol and you don't get to see LeBron or St- or any of the big dogs playing on Christmas Day.
2: Bro, when you watch the, like the Lakers Nets game and like and, like the big like marquee pops up and it's Blake Griffith and LeBron James, no one's excited about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. I, I would agree with that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I'm with I I think you guys make great points and like like we said for anyone who's like if anyone lists this and think like no we're not anti being safe here we just no. want to know what's going on like if this issue is all these guys that are in protocols have COVID then yes. We've got problems. We've got to fix something. But if it's like that guy coughed and he got attacked by pe- attack, tackled by people in hazmat suits, we don't need to go that far. So, you know, we love hoops. We obviously want everyone to be safe. We just want our NBA to be as normal as it can be in this current time, which we understand is crazy. Um, so, you know, we just want to make sure, like, be safe. But for love of God, like, figure this out. Yeah. Is all we're saying. So let's go to some happier topics, guys.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Crazy. surprise team in the NBA this year. Obviously, like we mentioned, we're on a six-game win streak today, uh, going into today before their game was postponed. Um, they're short currently 19 and 12. They're third in the Eastern Conference. They're in the top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency um Darius Scarlin has taken this big jump forward Jared Allen is such a good defensive center and you guys know that I'll never say a bad thing about Evan Mobley and how good of a basketball player I feel like he is and rookie Rubio coming off the bench has been big for them Laurie Markinen's played well for them Isaac Okoro has been in and out um but is really kind of finding his feet again hopefully he can stay consistently in the lineup because when he does play he is such a dog defensively and I really enjoy watching him play and they're getting some yeah. good, you know, Ricky Rubio, Kevin love, Kevin love. Yeah. Their bench is solid. Uh, Lamar Stevens is getting good minutes. Um, this is a good basketball team in my eyes. So at the bottom here, I asked if we're buying or selling the Cavs. I think you can tell by how I'm describing where I'm at. <laughs> I, I like this team. I really think they're good. Um, they have a lot of talent and you know, the, the ceiling is the roof as Michael Jordan once said for one, Evan Mobley. I, I, just think that that guy i think in five years we're potentially discussing him as the best part in the nba i really yeah. feel that that's that well about him but i love this team i think they're going to make the playoffs um i do think i mean i don't think they're going to be this good all year don't get me wrong right. i don't i don't think 19 and 12 is who the Cavs are um but this is a team that you need to keep an eye on because they could potentially be really special
1: can i can i ask you this sure um so they're 19 and 12 now Mm-hmm. so you know they're 31 games in um like why why can't they sustain that
2: i think they can i just think that what they're playing at this high level is just really hard to keep up all year yeah um you know with covet protocols and injuries and things like that i mean they're already mm-hmm. down calling sexton which
1: um, honestly, that's been addition by subtraction. I'm not even gonna Yeah, lie to
2: you. <laughs> and, I know, man. Like, it really
1: I'm, has. Like, and I'm not trying to dog Colin Sexton. I'm really not. I'm but, with you. But man, him and I like I said, I don't want any kid anybody to get hurt. So don't no. I'm not trying to say no. that Clevelanders. Um however, with him going down and Darius Garland being able to play that first spot and Rubio being able to come off the bench a more proven solid backup point guard. Um I think that's helped them immensely. I think it's helped them that Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio are on their, are their second team guys, guys that are veterans guys. that Huge. when they come on the floor, you're not, you don't have to worry about them doing dumb things or giving up a lead or, or playing outside of themselves. Those guys come in and kind of steady the ship. Lori marketing has probably played better than he has in the last couple of years with, with this team, um, be, we've yes. already talked about Mobley um, and, and freaking Darius Garland. Man, how good has he been? I mean, he's just been lights out. So um, I'm buying the Cavaliers just because I really like their veteran bench. I like I like those guys come off their bench. I like Garland as the as their leader and their point guard. They're young. They play on both ends of the floor, which is hard to find for a young team with Mobley. And Allen, you got those guys in there being big, protecting the paint. Darius Garland is an above-average uh, perimeter defender. I mean, you you've got all the makings of a solid basketball team. Um, and I, I I'm buying the Cleveland Cavaliers, like you said. I don't know if they'll finish third in the East, uh, but it will be cool to see them make the playoffs. Um, and, and anybody they get matched up with in the playoffs, I
0: think they'll give them. I think they'll give them fits. I did too. Okay. So is it safe to say that over the last couple of years, um with the start of Colin Sexton that um Cleveland's drafted fairly well, correct? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. they they got Ocoro, Mobley, Garland, Sexton all in the draft. Um they've let, Uh Windler, they've let some guys go, um, who didn't didn't actually pan out until later on in their careers. Uh, I believe they drafted Joe Harris. Um, which played when LeBron was back there the second time. They drafted Wiggins, which they gave up for K-Love, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So they, they've they had a good run ever since the Anthony Bennett pick um, of drafting decent players. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw some stats at you. Um, they're 19 and 12 right now. That's the best start that Cleveland's had to a season since 1997. So you're almost talking 25 years. Wow. Uh, Since LeBron has been gone. So we're talking about LeBron left, went to Miami. He came back. That doesn't count. Left, went to the Lakers. They are 157 and 374, uh, which puts them at a 29% winning percentage so my take on this is that I think they are finally over the hump of like the LeBron factor of like we can't we can win without LeBron they figured out how to win now um I think the guys like Kevin Love who you know one minute he says he wants to be there and the next minute he wants out and you know he wants to sit because of whatever issues are going on and you got guys like Rubio I think they've now said hey we're going to adjust to our roles and it looks like Cleveland now has a system put in place for them to have the style of basketball that they want to play and I think that I think that they are going to stay over 500 the entire
2: year so I don't know if you guys remember, Josh, you missed this episode in the offseason, but Ben, Sean, and I did it um, where we did the NBA's over-unders. The Cavaliers' over-under was 25. Mm. We all took the under. Oh, good we did. <laughs> we all
1: took the under. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. sure, man. You think about it, though. When, when we're looking at it in the summer, you had a disgruntled Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio
2: already is talking about we hated getting traded. There. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, we Lori Markin is coming off a dismal year, you know. What I mean, we, we have no idea what Evan Mobley is going to be. Then we're looking at the clunkiness of Sexton and Garland both trying to play point guard. Like it, to our credit, like looking at that roster at first, mm-hmm. we were like, yeah, this is going to be a this is going to be a train wreck. But you know, to and their was, credit,
2: no, it's the Cavs. Yeah,
1: it's the Cavs. You know, but to the, to their credit, they figured it out. Like I said, I don't like to see anybody get hurt or be, be injured, but uh, the addition by subtraction of Colin Sexton for some reason is, you know, letting Garland kind of take
0: over and run that run that squad with Rubio really coming off the bench. So. Some really good pieces for Colin Sexton if they decide to part with him. I, th- I, really I think. He, I think you have to
1: move him right. Like he. Like-
0: what if? What have we seen? What have we seen in the NBA um, over the past, you know, thirty thirty? Something plus years, even when the Bulls were there before the Bulls, is that defense wins championships, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Cats are going to win a championship, but they are allowing 104 points per 100 possessions, which makes which puts them third in the league. Yep. Yeah. So basically, we're saying defensive rating; they are they're top five. Yeah. Yep. You know, and the the crazy part is is when you look at those stats, like I don't think people realize you know, we got to throw Golden State in there at some point. How great Golden State is on defense and the gap between Golden State at number one and then, like, whoever's at number two and then the Cavs at number three, like, how good their defense is.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Um, It's awesome.
0: But Cleveland, you know, they're winning games, you know, defensively. I mean, the other night, um, if I'm not mistaken, they they only gave up 89 points. I know they were playing the Rockets and and the Rockets were shorthanded, but, like, that's a big deal to only give up 89 points in an Mm -hmm. NBA game. At the Last rate, night they at only the,
2: gave up ninety to the Bucks. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Now again, you know, people are probably going to say, well, you know, the Bucks' big three didn't play, or uh, at least Middleton and, and Giannis didn't. Or um, was that the game that that Drew had forty something points, or was that the game before that?
2: That was the game before that. Last night, uh, Jordan Nwora led the Bucks in scoring with twenty-eight.
0: Yeah. So you had
1: no Mill- Middleton, no Holiday, and no Giannis. Yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't think none of the big three played.
2: But you did have cool. Sandro Mamuka-Shavili. <laughs> Ever heard you of gave, him?
1: Yep. Hey, but he gave him I
2: 17.
0: Cut, hey, DeMarcus right. Cousins had a double-double, 12-12. Double, and 12. In the last four seasons, Cleveland has finished 25th, 30th, 30th, and 29th in defensive rating. Mm-hmm. So they went from the bottom team in the league to third. And I, when you play defense, you win games. It doesn't matter if you have a bad shooting night. If you can stop people, you have a chance to win every single night.
2: That's right. That's right. I'll
1: tell you what, big up to Coach Bickerstaff as well, man. He's He's yeah. he's he do, he's done a great job there in Cleveland and getting those guys playing, playing as well as they have. Kind of an underrated coach. He, his name gets brought up a lot when jobs open. Um, and, and truth be told, you know, I don't know how much he, you know, people wanted that Kevler's job, but, you know, he's, he went in there and he's, he's done a really good job with a really clunky roster and kind of giving guys, uh, you know, defined roles. I mean, he got Kevin Love to buy in. He got Rubio to buy in. Who,
0: both those guys were kind of out on Cleveland in the beginning. So,
1: big up to that. And
0: probably got to, to give a little bit of love to Kobe as well, too. I mean –
2: Gotta do something maybe, right at some point. Yeah, yeah, maybe
0: we're not we're not seeing what he's doing right, but apparently he's doing something right because that team is gelling yeah. um right now. And um for the rest of the season, um I think Cleveland has the most favorable schedule from here on out. So
2: gonna have to make a trip up to the queue, boys, go see a game.
0: <laughs> Tell you what.
2: I love going up there for a game. I do cool. too.
0: I do.
1: I I've been up there a couple of times. I like Cleveland. Yeah. Seeing a hey, game up there, anyway.
2: You know, hear me out here. You know who would have been a, who would have been an incredible coach for this team? Like, I don't know if they could have had him though. Um Ty Lou,
0: <laughs> yeah. Why would he ever coach in
2: Cleveland? God, could you <laughs> imagine? Ty Lou had this roster. He's looking, yeah. around, he's looking at the Clippers yeah. right now. He's like, Paul George is hurt. Kawhi's hurt. I'm playing Brandon Boston Rennets right now.
0: Hey, I got a stumper for everybody. Man, who was the last Cleveland coach to win a championship? Kylo!
2: <laughs> Remember when they hired John Beeline from Michigan and he called his players thugs and then oh, tried game, he called them yeah. slugs?
1: Yeah. yeah. Man. That
2: wasn't good, John. Not a good thing, John.
1: Dark, dark days of Cleveland, man. Yeah. A dark day in Cleveland sports history.
2: Well, we don't want to remind the Cleveland fandom fans of the dark times. We want you guys to enjoy this because we're enjoying this. Absolutely. We love watching this Cavs team. And they're going to come up later. We're not done talking about the Cavs. Okay. So, okay. Ben, you mentioned you never want to see anyone get injured earlier. How'd you like Correct. that segue to Anthony Davis?
1: A.K.A. Street Clothes. Street Clothes. That's Charles Barkley affectionately calls him. A.K.A. Street Clothes.
2: So, Anthony Davis is out up to four weeks. Let's be honest. It's going to be a lot longer than that with an MCL sprain. Uh, Davis this year has struggled from three-point area, just shooting about 19%. Uh, Looked at times, you know, kind of be sluggish, moving slow. Um, But even with us saying that, we just had this conversation last week with Jabari, you know, still putting up about 23 a game, 10 rebounds, three assists, and two blocks in the 27 games he's played. Um, You know, the big question I have here, kind of get your thoughts on, is, look, we've seen LeBron James carry teams so many times. So many times. Um, To a point where it's pretty impressive, some of the teams he's carried. Um, See Cavaliers 2007 and Cavaliers 2018. Um, But at this point, we've, you know, we've beaten to the ground all the flaws of this Lakers roster. Can LeBron and Russell Westbrook lead the Lakers without Davis for at least a month? Um, Josh, is see you shaking your head. No, <laughs>
0: go ahead. I, I'm trying I'm to get my thoughts the, together. I here's here's to tell you why. I tell you why, and, and obviously, um, this kind of leads into one of the topics that we're going to talk about later as well, too. But I have already said we've seen LeBron out twice already this season, and uh, one was, I believe, his ankle, and the other one was a core injury. Um but lebron and COVID. And, and covid for twenty four hours uh, <laughs> he had that COVID bug <laughs> it came <Yeah>. away. right
2: <laughs>
0: um LeBron right now um I feel like he can't sustain the amount of minutes that he's playing while Anthony Davis is out, and I feel like they're just gonna add more to his plate um you know. At that age, he's he's going to be thirty seven in a week and a half. If I'm right, yeah, December thirtieth or something like that's his birthday. So he's going to be thirty seven.
2: Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Um, I don't know what his career high is in minutes per season, um, but I know right now he's averaging about thirty seven minutes a game. And I know in his early years he averaged probably well over forty, but. Um, 37 minutes, I think that's the most he averaged since they he came back and won the championship with Cleveland. And I don't know if his body can hold up at 37 minutes a game for the rest of the season. So if they can't figure out a way to either make a trade to get some more guys in to help him or figure, Miles out, how Turner. To, <laughs> or figure out how to manage his minutes, I just think we're going to see him wear down just like Anthony Davis did, and he's going to end up being hurt.
2: So, to put in context, this is the 13th most amount of minutes per game he's played in his career. Mm. That's insane to talk about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Um, No. Never would I doubt the great LeBron James. Never. However, I will put an asterisk by. <laughs> He's got a tough road ahead because when when LeBron was designing this team, which of course we all know LeBron designed this team, huh? When LeBron was when LeBron was designing this team, he was he was designing it for Anthony Davis to be the star. Yes. Don't absolutely. don't get it twisted. Like like LeBron knows. Like is he still phenomenal? Absolutely. But LeBron's like, man, I'm in my twilight years. I wanna I want to, you know, play less minutes. Anthony Davis can, can be the star. He can do everything that we're asking him to do. I want to be the guy that kicked two for threes. I can dribble drive and get assists. And now I bring in what Russell Westbrook, who, you know, for his credit was averaging a triple double, has done it several times. So he gives you that mixture of not only being able to drive, but also kick, be able to hit big shots. So I've got two guys that can come in and and if we need them to be closers, have been closers before, but Anthony Davis is going to be our star. LeBron did not construct this roster for him to have to play 38 minutes and carry a team to victories every single night. That's just not the way he thought of it. That's not the way he wanted to do this. You saw that last year when when Anthony Davis went down and then LeBron went down. You saw the same thing. LeBron LeBron has not built himself to be the main guy anymore. He he just isn't. That's why he has Anthony Davis there. So that guy can carry the load. That guy can play the minutes. So that guy can do the things that he did for Miami when he was with D. Wade. He did the same thing for D-Wade that he wanted Anthony Davis to do for him. You know, D-Wade took a step back. LeBron was like, oh, yeah, this is my time. Like, I'm I'm going to do this. D-Wade could still score. D-Wade could still do all the things you asked him to do. He was still phenomenal. But LeBron was the man. LeBron brought AD in to be the man. So I don't know how much of LeBron, that, that LeBron had. I mean, the competitive nature of LeBron Yes, he can do it. I, I agree, he can do it, but I don't know if he can sustain it. I'm with you, Josh. That's a lot of minutes for a guy that's going to be 37, has 19, his 19 years in the league, on top of all the finals. You know how that guy has played more games from from beginning to finals. I mean, what he playing like 12 finals of his 19 years. Plus, Something like plus
2: that. 10.
0: Olympics, 10, ten Olympics, finals. And plus FIBA in the Olympics. Yeah. You know?
1: So that guy's got a lot of mileage, man. Like, like so when he's designed this team, like, he's like, all right, Anthony Davis, you're going to carry us. I can do what, you know, I can be LeBron. That's not a problem. But now that, now that he's down, I just don't know if he's got that in him night after night unless Russell Westbrook starts to become
0: more like Russell Westbrook. Yeah, and here's and here's another – and here's the add on to that. I think the other issue is with Anthony Davis and why he's hurt um, is he's playing the most minutes he's played in a season since he's been in New Orleans. So this is his third year in L.A. I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but, you know, he's averaging over 35 minutes, almost 35 and a half minutes a game. Um, I think the most he's ever averaged was 36 and a half or close to it, but he's playing a lot of those minutes at the five um, mm-hmm. where – you know, he's down low banging and, you know, not where sometimes he used to be. And, you know, I know Tim was probably going to get into this about his shooting and stuff like that, um, where his percentages have went down as he steps away from the basket. But I think he's wearing down playing at the rim. And I don't know if in the offseason, uh, if they if they conditioned his body to be that guy, because he's never really been a true number five. I mean, if you look at that one season, you know, when he was in new Orleans, he had Boogie there, you know, who got traded there and he was really the five. So Anthony Davis was playing the four. I think he's really more comfortable at the four, but like it's a different monster when you start playing the five and I know basketball sometimes can be positionless, but like you start getting in there with the Embiid's and the Jokic's and those guys, like that's a different breed, man, guarding those guys versus guarding somebody who's at the four. Um, and i just think his body's breaking down i think they're leaving him on the floor for a longer period of time and it, it's it's starting to show i mean he got hurt twice in the game the other night where he mm-hmm. rolled his ankle came back and then sprained his knee if it if it's my if if that's me i'm like oh man you rolled your ankle just sit him out the rest of the game man and and, and let that let's make sure it doesn't get anything worse than that they was like no nah, we're going to put him back in and look what happened
2: yeah yeah i definitely think i mean You know, like we kind of said, like the way that they describe the the roster, you both are 100% accurate. Um, But with that being said, you guys know where I'm going with this. Mm? DeAndre Jordan. (laughs) Place center for the Los Angeles Lakers. DeAndre Jordan. Uh... (laughs) That was my Stephen A. How'd I do? Yeah, it's pretty
0: good, dude. Uh, your, your Stephen Steven A's getting better. It's getting better. I like You're it. A, by, by the end of this season you were gonna morph into white Stephen A. Smith. Yeah.
2: Hey, you like gotta drop
0: hey to you.
1: listen. Listen, you gotta drop a blasphemo that's blasphemous.
2: <laughs> I love what like they have I'm just wondering how long is it gonna be before he gets JJ Reddick kicked off of like being on first take? Because JJ Rake owns him like every morning. Every morning.
1: Um it'll it'll take a it'll take a minute because JJ Reddick is ratings. So once JJ Redick stops being ratings and starts starts hurting Stephen A, he'll kick him off. But right yeah. now it's ratings because it's
0: because
1: it's musty TV to see JJ Reddick put Stephen A in his place.
0: The yeah. only way JJ Redick is coming off that set is to go play for the Nets. <laughs> <At this> point, <laughs> That's
2: true. <laughs> at this point, yeah I'm with you, man. I like that. I like that theory, Josh. So, with that being said, let's get to our next. You guys like these segues I'm putting together? Oh, uh, yeah, too? man. You're all, yeah.
1: I'm loving it.
2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first ever Bench Mob tinfoil hat theories episode. We're going to discuss some of our theories that are so crazy, they might just work. I wish I had, like, the X Files theme, that I had the right scene. I was going to say, like, hold on. Like, the... Hold on. <laughs> oh we have way too much fun here on the show yes we do <laughs> all righty so ben turned in i asked everybody for just one but ben turned in two very fun tinfoil hat theories so ben yes sir let's put your tinfoil hat on let's start with the sun's trade for Demata sabonis what's your thought process here
1: um my thought process is sabonis doesn't want to be there Let's bring in some pieces. Uh, I, I, honestly, Rick Carlisle is a guy that likes to have his own guys in, and I just don't know how well him and Sabonis match up. Sabonis doesn't want to be there. Uh, the Suns need a guy that can, another guy that can stretch the floor, can score, can rebound. Uh, he's not a, a, a huge defensive presence, but he does do a good, good enough job to be able to take a little bit of pressure off DeAndre Ayton. Let's bring in him. He can stretch the floor a little bit. Um, he shoots the ball well. He's a he's a perennial All Star, and you know if we're trying to win a championship, what's one more piece that we can bring in and make and make us better? Doma Doma Sabonis is that guy, um, and, and and in turn the Pacers get some pieces that they can you know possibly build around or trade or do whatever they want to do with them at, at, to reconstruct the roster the way Rick Carlisle wants it.
2: So if you look here in the corner, I put together just a just a general, like, throwing stuff together, show, throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks kind of thing mm-hmm. for how you can make this trade work. So the Suns will be getting Sabonis, and in return, the Pacers will be getting, and, like, this is not going to happen. This is not going to be great if this goes down. Dario right. Saric, Jalen Smith, and Abdel Nader. This is just kind of seeing what money works here. Right. So cap impact there is three and a half million for you know, positive to negative. So mm-hmm. I love the fit of Debonis Sabonis with the Suns. I think uh Ayton Sabonis, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges team is just don't even roll the ball out there and see you Stacked. know. Yeah, yep. it's it's you know, you're 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 in trouble. Uh, yeah. so if it happens, I love it. I'm all for it. I think it'd be a blast and I think they'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, I just think that um the Suns were so close last year. Not saying that they are missing any pieces, but if if the Pacers are talking about t- trading away a Sabonis, why would the Suns not look at trying to bring him in? Because, honestly, I mean, the only other team, of course, that – I mean, there are other teams that could use him, uh, but I think that a team on the cusp like the Suns,
0: you bring in a guy like Sabonis, put you over the hump.
2: I like it. Josh, any thoughts before we move on to the next segment?
0: Um, I want to throw in there that – and hopefully I I hope that you guys both agree with me – that I think Sabonis might be the most underrated, underappreciated guy in the entire league. Um, The guy just goes out every single night and he balls out every night. Um, And I I don't know if if some of the younger generation ever got to watch his dad play – Obviously it's where he gets a lot of his skill set from. And you can kind of tell, you can see a little bit of it, especially from his passing. Yeah. Um, you know, his dad was a was a was a wizard with passing the ball at as big as he was. And I just wish we would have got to see his dad at, in his prime. We kind of got him late, you know, yeah. over in the NBA. But you know, this guy's been a two-time All-Star. Um You know, some people were saying he shouldn't have been an all-star, but then like I saw him go in the all-star game and and show that he can be an all-star with any guy that's on the floor. And I also think he's a guy you can build around. And I think that the Pacers have had the the guys there at certain spots and it's just, it's never worked out for him because of injuries, you know? So I think at this point to move on from him, um, I like the, I like him. At, I think Sabonis is a guy that would fit wherever you put him. Like He's going to fit on any team um, because I think he can adjust his game enough to make it to where um, he can do all the little things and still put up solid numbers. He doesn't have to be the true focal point um, of the offense, and I think that's why he fits in so many different scenarios. And it looks like he just has a high basketball IQ, so he can fit different systems as well too. So I like it. I do think that if he, if that was to happen, I do think that kind of makes Phoenix the front runners to win it all. Oh, if yeah. They get him because um, you just basically gave him another all-star guy who can put up at any given time. Yeah.
2: I just wish he wasn't a cone defensively because Phoenix – Well, yeah, that's defense. that's the
0: biggest thing. Well, that's the
1: biggest thing about it, too, is that, you know, um, the Suns are, are a decent defensive team. Um and I don't know I don't know if he would you know that would be his biggest liability is, is
2: they can probably yeah. hide him a little
1: bit to be honest with you. They definitely
2: could hide him with Aiden yeah. and Bridges. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I mean I like the trade. I think uh I don't necessarily like these pieces here, though I I I think Jalen Smith's kind of being an okay NBA player. Yeah. Um I say yeah. the
0: Suns do this trade in a heartbeat, and then and the Pacers are like, Hell no.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. right. <laughs> we already got enough big men, we don't need more.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I think the Suns could find pieces uh, that, you
2: know, that would work, so. I agree. All right, and Ben also had this one, which has been the trade we've been hearing about forever. The 76ers and Blazers eventually make a deal around Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard. We've heard that Clutch has said that they also want Tyrese Maxey out of Philadelphia, so here it is. Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey. Works works
1: yeah i man my thought process behind this is is that uh, dame is only going to move if he's going to a contender um and i think you have enough pieces in philly even without maxi and simmons to bring dame in you have Embiid, you have tobias harris like i i think you can build a really good group around those three um and I think, I think Dame needs a change of scenery. I know that he's trying to be a loyal guy. I get it. He's He is, I mean, he's a West Coast guy. I mean, he's from Seattle, I believe. So, I mean, Oakland. he's, or Oakland, I mean, my bad. So, he's from Oakland. But, um, you know, he's a West Coast guy. I just think that that change of scenery, playing with somebody, some different people, I think would help him. And, and of course, it also solves the Ben Simmons issue. I, I think it would solve the Ben Simmons issue. I don't – I'm not really sure if it would. I mean, I don't know if Ben Simmons wants to play basketball. I'm not really sure. But, um, but yeah, I, I just think that moving Dame, uh, it, it helps build Philly. And truth be told, it kind of um, – Ben Simmons in Portland may, may be a, a, a decent move as far as Ben Simmons' ability to, you know, get to the rim, play defense and do those types of things. Now I don't think it will help them do anything in the West, but – you know, Dame has had that shot and hasn't came out of the West. So,
2: preach. You know? Yeah,
0: I didn't want to. I didn't want to touch that one because I felt like that was one that we kind of all were thinking was going to happen. And uh, I really, really, really think that at some point, um, either that's going to happen or it's not going to happen. And I, I kind of lean towards maybe it not happening um, because I don't know if if the Sixers are willing to part ways with both players to get Dame. Because um, I think Maxi could actually start there and be their guy. Um, I think he's good enough. So um, they might they, they might try to ask for too much on both sides and it ends up blowing up in each other's face and it just never happens.
2: Yeah, I definitely could see that being the case. All right, Josh, you're up with your theory of the Mavs will trade Christos Porzingis for Kyrie Irving.
0: Yeah, I was I was actually just trying to think of something off the wall. Um, and, and here's, here, here's, here's kind of how I went with this. Kyrie doesn't really care much for New York because he doesn't want to follow the protocol of being vaccinated to play. So they can't use him Porzingis, I actually feel loves New York and probably didn't really want to leave. Um, and going back to New York, I think would probably be a good thing for him. And then Kyrie can go to Texas where I feel like Texas don't care about any of the mandates.
2: <laughs> for, for, hmm.
0: Um, so I just felt like both teams, I think, kind of get better in the deal. Like Porzingis doesn't really want to be there. Um, I, I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but like Porzingis is probably what seven three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I keep hearing all these guys in the NBA saying like, "Who's the hardest guy to to go at it again at the rim?" And they say Porzingis, and he kind of seems like he's slow footed, but like he's always around the rim blocking shots. So the Nets need a defensive presence um, that could be okay with being a second or third guy um, with, with Harden and KD. So I figured why not make it happen?
2: I like it. I do Kyrie, like that.
0: Kyrie and, and Luca would be just like Kyrie and LeBron for all I see. I mean, that's basically the same as what you had in Cleveland. So I, I see them being able to figure out how to make that work. And it gives it takes the pressure off of Lucas sometimes because you now you have a guy that at any given time can go score on the floor, no matter what. Um okay. they may have to give up a little more. I think Kyrie's contract's worth a little more than Porzingis. Like I was thinking maybe like a Jalen Brunson type guy would go with him.
2: I don't uh, think Dallas is gonna be getting rid of Jalen Brunson. <laughs> no,
0: they like yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's why I threw that together, man. I I I, I think Porzingis actually makes the Nets better.
2: Right. Not bad. Not bad. I wouldn't have thought of it. Um, yeah, I think definitely like two ball handlers makes a ton of sense for how Dallas wants to run their offense, especially with Jason Kidd as the coach. I can't wait for Kyrie when they're like, Are you excited that you play for Steve Nash and Jason Kidd? And he'll be like, Well, anyone could be a point guard. Um, <laughs> you know, George Mirasan could have been a point guard. Um, and hey,
0: Bobin out there handling the rock, huh? Yeah,
2: exactly. I like it though. It's uh, it's definitely unique. All right, so here's mine, my first one. That Nikola Jokic, when he is a free agent in a couple seasons, will end up signing with the Chicago Bulls. Um, mm. We obviously know that you know there's a very big European presence in the city of Chicago. Um, Venus Karnachovas, the current president of basketball operations for the Bulls, discovered Nikola Jokic. Nikola. Vukovic will be a free agent after next season. Markus Samanovic has already been hanging out with Vuch quite with Jokic quite a bit. They, uh, when the Nuggets and Bulls played, they were they were chowing together, and uh, the Bulls are pretty high on Markus Samanovic for their future. And let's be honest, he's going to look at that roster and go, "Okay, I've got this Michael Porter thing here where he's hurt all the time. I got this Jamal Murray thing where I don't know if he's going to be able to play. Um, I got Jeff Green." You know, Jeff Green won't be there by then. Let's be honest. No, come on, man. You know Jeff
1: Green won't be there.
2: And he goes, but over there they've got like Zach Levine. They're, you know, I have no doubt the Chicago Bulls signed back Zach Levine. By the way, Demar Derozan had thirty eight points tonight for the Bulls to beat the Lakers. I just saw that. Um, Demar Derozan's going to look really good next to me. I got Lonzo Ball, and me and him could be the best passing duo in basketball. And bro, I like to eat. Portillo's is where it's at in Chicago. Like, yeah. Nikola Jokic, Chicago Bull. Let's get this going, baby. Championship. Like
1: That's pretty cool. You know what? To see that to see that kind of come to fruition would be pretty neat. Um, uh, here's here's the thing about that that would be cool, is that um, the battles between him and Giannis. And, and in the East, him and Embiid in the East, like, dude, that that would be something special. Um, and, and you want to talk about t- talk about some big time games? Um, you know that that would be a lot of fun to watch. I don't I don't know who could really compete with that as far as in the Eastern Conference, uh, with DeRozan doing what he's doing, Levine doing what he's doing, and then bringing in a an MVP. Um, I mean you're 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 gonna be set. You're 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 setting yourself up for some some uh championships uh with with those three on your roster.
2: Yeah, buddy.
0: Not bad. I like how you connected the dots on that too.
2: Yep. I'm all here for it. My tinfoil hat is very high today.
1: I'll tell you what, the Serbian community in Chicago is hot, so Hey, yep. his brothers, I mean, his brothers I mean have that's it
0: it'd be a lot easier for his brothers to get to Chicago than it will to Denver. So yeah. that's right. That's I mean, it's right. A, I mean, that's
1: a, a, you know, Chicago is kind
0: of a melting pot too. So yeah, I mean, you know,
1: I, I, I don't know how, how the Serbian population is in Denver, but I know it's pretty high in Chicago. Um, so um, I, I think that, I think that that would be a great fit for him. Like you said, there's a lot of connections and a lot of things that he likes. Um, you know, I, it makes sense. It makes complete sense
2: and portillo's
1: and portillo's
2: portillo's is where it's at portillo's what's up i'm with it sponsor I'm us
1: it. sponsor us <laughs> wait well, hey, your logo right here at the bottom baby <laughs> yeah perfect portillo's
0: at the bottom i
2: like right
1: it
0: there. yeah put right this
2: in chicago style hot dogs mm. yes yes please all
0: right what's number two timmy
2: all right we got some fun with this one folks so all right we talked about the Cavaliers earlier, and we're, we're liking this really nice team they're building, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about, you know, Con Saxon, addition by subtraction. At this point of 2023, 2024, these guys would be starting to enter their primes. Jared Allen's probably already in his pr- getting close to his prime. Mm-hmm. If not, has already tapped into it. Probably in the middle of his prime at this point. Mm-hmm. Evan Mobley, I've already said, I feel like he's going to be the next great NBA basketball player. I think we're going to be talking about him as the best player in the world in a few years. Isaac Okoro is a dog defensively. Darius Garland is going to be an excellent point guard for years to come. But notice it says starting five here. And there's only four. And the Cavaliers are going to need a veteran leader. Gentlemen, (laughs) in 2023-2024, the fifth starter for the Cleveland Cavaliers will be (laughs) Robron James! Yay!
0: No, coming.
2: i'm Route coming three, home three. coming home again coming home again <laughs> it makes too much sense it makes way too much sense he's gonna look at the lakers roster and be like well we couldn't find someone to take russell westbrook's contract and I don't know how often Anthony Davis is going to play. And Evan Mobley looks really good. And I feel like I can really teach him a lot of stuff and I can end my career, breaking the scoring record in Cleveland and winning another championship, bringing another ring to the land and getting my fifth mm. too easy, too easy. Wow.
0: Question. Plus, Plus I think LeBron needs to retire as a Cavalier.
2: Exactly. I'm with you, Josh.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, Dang, that would that would be dope though. Like that. How old, that, how old is Tom Brady? Forty four. Forty four. Yeah, I can see LeBron playing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Couldn't you?
0: Couldn't you? That's Another
2: just
1: two
0: season. seasons away,
1: right? So that's thirty nine.
2: That's one more. Play I'm convinced. Blind!
1: Listen, I'm convinced he's trying to wait until Bronny gets in the league. I, I'm convinced.
2: All right, there's the so. thing. So Bronny's eligible for the draft in twenty this year, 23-24. If the Cavaliers really? draft, if the Cavaliers draft Ronnie James, oh, who he's right going. now is the 38th rated high school player in the country for his class.
1: He's gone. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, if they. If they yeah,
1: yeah. If they draft him, yeah, he. There's, there's no doubt about. There's no doubt about it. He'll be there.
2: Yeah. Should we look at wow. again? one more time, guys. The Cavaliers in 2023-24. <laughs> will look at Darius Garland. Isaac Okoro, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and LeBron James. LeBron James.
1: LeBron James. <laughs> James. Wow.
2: Cleveland. This is. <laughs> We're gonna put the sign back up on the side of the queue with them throwing the stuff in the air yeah. Cleveland on it. Still, I'm still a witness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: still a witness.
2: Yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh, you think they got, <laughs> hey, listen, honestly.
1: You think they got that banner rolled up under the arena somewhere? Oh, just wait. I'm sure. to. They're just waiting. <laughs> He's, already I'm
2: came sure. back yeah. He's already
0: came back once. He's already came back once.
2: Yeah. And when he went to the Lakers and he did that interview with Rachel Nichols about like when he opened his school, she asked him, you know, would you want to end your career in Cleveland? And he didn't say no.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, what better way to, you know, that's I would say 23, 24 would be his farewell season. You you call you know let's call it LeBron going home, farewell season. I'm I'm trying to break Chamber or um, Kareem's record. Bronny gets drafted to the Cavaliers. I've got all this young talent. I only got, I got to play that Carl minutes with the Lakers minutes, 15 minutes a game. I, I, you know, I mean, i am giving out knowledge. You know, I don't have to do too much. I got all these young bulls around me. Like, it makes perfect sense for him, to, his swan song, to go off in Cleveland. I mean, that, I mean, he'd be, what, 40, 39, 39, 39. years old. But part of me thinks that he's going to play, like, into, like, 41, 42. I don't know why. Yeah. I just, I just really think, that, his,
0: I just think that he, I just think that he takes care. This gonna him playing 39 minutes a game like he did last night tonight no oh no 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 that'll definitely shorten the
1: career for sure um but you know to see him as athletic as he still is like it's i think it would be easy for him to play till he's 40 41 42 i i don't think that that's going to be a problem it's all about want to by then like it's about having the drive to want to play because as a competitor, at some point you gotta be like, "All right, I just, I'm just don't want to do this anymore." Like Tom Brady hasn't reached that point because Tom Brady's still playing for championships. Just won one last year. At some point, LeBron's gonna look up and be like, "Man, I don't have a shot at a championship unless I go play with that young Cleveland team and try to show them that how to win a championship." So it makes sense.
2: I'm with it, LeBron James, Cleveland Cavaliers again.
1: I'm
0: I'm coming home. We're gonna have to get Diddy to do a remix. To right there. Used to my jam too. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes,
2: That's I love awesome. it. Awesome. All right, so we'll go ahead and end this here with our bench gods this week. And Josh, we got you up first. You went with.
0: I went with Isaiah Thomas, man. I I, I was gonna pick somebody else at first, but I was like, man. He came back his first game back and was the leading scorer on the Lakers team the other night. And um, he didn't look like he was rusty at all. Big I ups mean, to him, man. I'll tell you that. I tell people this, man. I know he's not a big guy. Um, he might be 5'8". I know they list him at 5'9". But he's a professional bucket getter, man. <laughs> That's the best I can say about him. Like He goes in and he gets buckets. and yeah, he, um, He's
2: 5'9 with shoes on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I shoes, Skechers uh, scored 13 tonight. Uh, he, he had 19 the other night, you know, puts him at what 16 a game. Um, the, the Lakers are already having to play him at high minutes. Uh, he played 32 minutes tonight. And um, I don't know, man, I, I feel like the, the route this guy's had to take to get himself back to the league, which probably never should have happened um as far as i'm concerned he probably should still be playing for boston right now probably um he never gave up man he never gave up and we we seen playing in these other leagues putting up 40 50 60 points um he's in the g league you know saw some people and i was like it's only a matter of time for somebody was going to give him a chance i really hope he just stays on the roster for the rest of the year i know i know he will t- when yeah. you first when you first saw it you sent the text message out <laughs> <laughs> and, and you said, yeah, that's who we're signing. But I really think he's a spark, man. Like, you know, like I said, he's instant offense. Um, he can get to the free throw line. Um, I'm just super happy that he's he's getting another chance to show what he can showcase in the league. You know, being one of the little guys, I mean, the only guy I can think of at his height that was doing what he was doing was like Nate Robinson, you know, uh, a few years ago when Nate was with the Bulls and he was doing all that stuff he was doing. But – um, big ups to Isaiah Thomas, man, get another shot in the league. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's, I think
1: that's the coolest thing, man. Seeing the guy's journey and how far he's come from, from, you know, where he you know started with, we heard the story in Boston to, you know, where he is tonight. And, and um, you know, it, it, it's truly amazing. You know, you watch a guy score 42 in the G league. Um, he gets called up scores 19, you know what I mean? Like, like, his story is is pretty cool uh, to see all the things that he's been through and then to be able to come in and, and still show that he can play in the league. Big I, up to Isaiah like Thomas, to man. It's awesome.
0: I would like to know if LeBron had his hand in that, though.
2: Yeah. I'm sure he did.
0: Oh, I'm, oh I'm, I'm most certain that he did.
2: By the way, tonight was the first time the Lakers have lost on a Sunday this year. The Sunday streak is over. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Six and one on Sundays. That's tough. That's what happens when you run into DeMar DeRozan.
1: You ain't lying about that. Mm-hmm. What do you have? 38 tonight. 38. That boy's a dog.
2: Not the dog. All right, Ben. You are next up for your bench, God. We went Villanova today. I like it.
1: Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Jalen Brunson, man. He's, uh, I tell you what, he had to step into the starting role tonight uh, for Luca, but he had, he finished tonight, I believe, with 18. 18 points and 11 assists on in 39 minutes, two of five from three, six 13 from the field. Uh, but looking at his uh, this past week for him, he's he uh, we see last week versus the Hornets, he scored 13 points, tallied eight assists, uh, and then versus Wednesday versus the Lakers, he had 25 points and had nine assists. Uh, he's played really well uh, for the Mavs, who's of course like everybody else has been struggling with uh, COVID protocol and, you know, your superstar being out. Um, He's really kind of stepped up and and kind of filled that role uh, with some of that scoring uh, and and leading that team uh, for this past week. So Jalen Brunson,
0: uh, my bench god of the week. Yeah, he's been playing really well, man. Yeah.
2: Comes from the Big East, baby. That's what we do in the Big East.
1: That's how they do.
2: Yeah, at this point, we should probably just quit doubting when people draft Villanova players. Oh yeah, Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brunson—they're
0: so solid. They take a little bit longer. They take a little bit longer to find their roles on teams, but like they're just always solid ball players. Mm -hmm. They are,
2: man. They are watching that team every year, and just seeing like the stuff that Jay Wright puts them like gets them going—it's crazy. It's fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, Xavier plays them on Tuesday. Actually,
1: oh, do they really? Yeah. Oh, that'll be a good game, man. Yeah, I know, I Duffy. know this. I know this ain't that large a bid, but man, freaking Xavier's one of the hottest
0: teams in the country, man. They're so good.
2: They are good, <laughs> man. They are good, bro. Yeah. They,
0: they got all the guys. They got all the guys that can score. Yeah, yeah I, lo- I like I like Xavier a lot, man. I like yeah. Xavier a lot.
2: They're a fun team. I'll get you to cover a game this year. Don't worry.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. I I I like Xavier a lot.
2: And mine this week, I went with the guy who's the backup point guard for the best record in the NBA. I went with Cameron Payne of the Phoenix Suns. So if you had told me three years ago I'd be talking about Cameron Payne, I'd have said, you're a damn fool happy. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Suns have won. They were they were 2-1 this week. Uh, they lost to the Clippers on Monday. Um, but Cam Payne went with 17-6-1 in that game. Uh, against the Clippers on Tuesday against the Blazers. He had 17, three and five Thursday against the wizards who have come back down the earth. He had 11, three and five. And then tonight as they blasted the Charlotte Hornets, he didn't have to play much. He had 11, six and seven with two steals and a block on five of six shooting. So the Cameron Payne resurgence, who at one point I literally thought was the worst player in the NBA. Like I think like his bulls run, he legitimately had a case as the league's worst player Yeah, um, to see him do this completely turn his career around, um, be a part of a team that went to the finals last year and be a contributor and now be their sixth man. And has to be in the discussion for sixth man of the year.
1: Absolutely.
2: I mean, this, this is cool, man. This is awesome for him. I'm really happy that he got to get to a situation where he could learn under Chris Paul. And obviously that's paying dividends for them. Um, he's been excellent. Monty really trusts him. So yeah, man, I am with campaign. I really like his season. He's having.
1: Oh yeah. He's been solid for them. And, and, you know, especially for a team that's, you know, in the hunt for a championship, uh, to see a guy like campaign, you know, come off the bench uh, and give them big minutes. Like you said, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, he wasn't, you know, he was struggling to stay in the league. You know, his bulls run wasn't the greatest. Uh, but to see him get around some veteran guys and some guys that are 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 you know willing to sacrifice themselves for the better of the team, it was cool to see him kind of step up and, and be that sixth man off the bench and do the things that he's been able to do. So big ups to campaign.
0: Yeah, I, I uh I like the way he's contributing. Uh one thing that I did did say um early on in the season that I thought was going to be a thing was that I thought they would use campaign a lot more to keep Chris Paul fresh and uh Chris Paul's actually averaging more minutes this year than he was last year. So mm-hmm. I guess they're they're like, "Nah, Chris Paul's healthy, man. We're just going to play him." But yeah, like you can see like campaign has no fear when he's on the floor, man. Like none at all. Like he takes big shots, like he gets to the bucket. He's got a real crazy shooting motion, but it I mean, mm-hmm. he makes like I said he makes them though, man, and he showed up big in the playoffs last year and I, like I said, sometimes like you just need a home. And I think maybe Monty Williams was that guy that kind of kind of pulled him in and was like, look, we're going to need you. This is what we need from you. And he's like, okay, I got you.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. Um, I'm happy for him. I really am. It's, it's the fact he's going to be on a good NBA team. Um, I mean, right now you're probably going to think they're – you know, them and the Nets are probably something that looks like what the finals probably is right now. Yeah. Um, you know, Warriors, Bulls obviously have something to say about that and so on and so forth. But yeah, man, I think, you know, I'm happy with what he's doing. I hope he keeps this up. I like that Suns team a lot, so uh, we'll keep it going. So yeah, that's going to wrap up this week's edition of the Bench Mom here on the 48 Minutes Basketball Network. Thank you all for tuning in each and every week. Uh, We will have our at-large bid up actually on Tuesday this week. Uh, We'll get get you ready kind of for, kind of talk about some of Villanova's struggles, some of the big games in the conference play this week as things are going on. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we'll also shot callers on friday kyle and joe are going to be doing their christmas spectacular uh kind of giving you a preview for the christmas day games as far as like i don't know will the brooklyn nets have enough players to play um we don't know will richard jefferson be playing for the nets that day probably um, could be yeah so all that kind of the go up. it's gonna be a fun week this week we're gonna have some articles that you can check out on the art on the website Thank you all. Have a good one. And since we won't talk to you then, hope you have a great Christmas with your loved ones. or so happy holidays in general. So take it easy, everybody.
0: See you. Night, Cleveland.